Greetings, precious humans. Poet and playwright Neil Marcus said, Disability is not a brave struggle or courage in the face of adversity. Disability is an art. It's an ingenious way to live. I couldn't agree more. My name is Laura Legendary, and you're listening to Legendary Insights. That's my guest today. Hey everyone, it's Laura, and my guest today is Andre Louis of Andre Louis Music. And if you don't know that name, I can guarantee you, you know his work. How do I know? Andre is responsible for composing and playing the music you heard at the top of the show. In fact, you've heard him all over the internet, in video games, and even as sounds in some of your favorite software programs. But before we spend some time getting to know Andre, I invite you to stick around till the end of the show when I'll make a special announcement about Legendary Insights. Let's jump right in. Andre, it's really great having you here, and I appreciate you spending some time with us today. No problem, no problem. You're not only a musician, but you seem to be genuinely interested in sound in general. I've seen you post links to sounds that your neighbors are making, of trains going by, of noises in your environment. What is it about sound that you find so fascinating? This actually is a very interesting question because... um, sound like if you you wouldn't have heard that but i can tell you that a train just made a funny sound outside it was the horn that we have in the uk it's very relevant how interesting so for example in the us when a train passes by you get these lovely jazz chords over here we don't get that we get a two-tone thing and uh, in my back garden as we speak uh, the sound just carried across the buildings the top of the buildings so, for example, for me to share those sounds with you, it's sonically different than what you're used to in the in the states. And so, I think that sound is 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 kind of cultural, whereas music is also cultural. But we know a lot more about what other countries' music sounds like uh, as opposed to what other countries' sounds sound like, and that fascinates me in in many ways. I think. When did you know that music was the love of your life? Wow. Um, I'm not really sure when I knew music was the love of my life. I knew that I enjoyed it, and my parents bought me my first keyboard when I was three, and it was one of these, you know, monophonic, one-at-a-time key things. You couldn't play chords on it, but it was a toy keyboard. And I don't remember this per se, but they told me that I played it a lot, and I used to listen to TV and theme tunes on TV and try to play them back uh, and all that sort of thing. And I think, really, music, I I grew up with it. My father teaches uh, steel drums or steel pans, in schools and my mother used to play in a steel band when she uh, was younger and my grandmother used to sing in a choir so like music has never not been around and every day when I was growing up somebody would bring over a new tape or play a new radio station or something off of the radio because there was no internet in those days you know so 
the way that we got music, new or old music, was via radio and TV and the meager amount of channels that existed at that time. What instruments did you pick up first, after your toy keyboard? Well, I've, I've always been and always probably will be primarily a keyboard player. Um, I can play some drums and I can play percussion fairly okay, um, but primarily I am definitely a keyboard or piano player, depending on your definition of the word. I've loved some of the posts you've shared when you've been experimenting with different instruments. One that comes to mind is the bowls, the singing bowls. I've really enjoyed that because it exposes us to instruments that we wouldn't ordinarily hear. And I know you've experimented with some other unusual instruments. Can you tell us about some of those? Well, I have a thunder drum somewhere, which is kind of like a, a tube with a spring. And uh, if you wave that tube around, uh, the spring uh, vibrates. It's almost like a plastic straw that's metal as, as opposed to plastic, and it's very flexible. And because it's connected to a, a thin drum skin and the sound is projected up of this huge tube, it uh, makes really great noises. Now, I haven't actually recorded this and talking about it has reminded me that I have this thing because I had forgotten about it. So I should do that. I also treated myself a couple of years ago to a melodica and I have recorded that. So playing that in Logic to some, you know, software instruments can be quite entertaining. Yeah, melodicas can be fun or serious, but I tend to go for the fun aspect just because it's interesting. Um, tuning forks make great instruments as does a jaw harp or juice harp, depending on how you pronounce it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think really anything can be an instrument if you just know how to make it sound like one um, and make it rhythmical. When did you know that you wanted to pursue music as a career? Wow, um, that's a very good question. I don't know that I ever didn't know it. I mean, when I went to school, um, I went to boarding school age nine and... Um, I was surrounded by decent pianos at that point. Up until that point, I hadn't really been. Uh, the school I was at prior to that didn't have very many of them, um, and I wasn't that interested in them between the times. So when I went to, to boarding school and I was you know, in a position to play more of these things, I sat down of my own accord and played. I took some lessons, and then I decided I didn't want to take lessons. So I, I forged my own path in a way, musically, um, to get to this point. But I... I, I wanted to pursue music probably from a very young age and have striven to do that in sort of my own roundabout way, which is unconventional. But I sort of prefer unconventional as opposed to conformist in a weird way. Do I understand correctly that you are mostly self-taught? For the most part. I mean, the lessons I took were grade three classical and grade four jazz. So, I mean, if you could include that as as teaching, then yeah, and it was. It wasn't that the teaching was bad or anything, but I don't I don't think I retained much from that time period. Um, I was young and rebellious and a teenager, and I think that speaks for itself, really, you know. Uh, and then I sort of I feel like I forged my own way after that point. So for all intents and purposes, yeah, I would say self-taught more than anything else. One of the things I enjoy so much about your musical range is that you make use of a mix of instruments in your repertoire. You use natural instruments as well as traditional instruments, along with digital instruments. When did you pick up digital music? A great question. Um, I bought my first sound module from a friend of mine when I was in college and I was studying uh, music technology in college at the time. It was like a combined music tech and sound engineering course. 
and I didn't have a lot to my name at that point. So composition was a little hard. If I wanted to compose anything in my room, dorm room, I did have very few options. So uh, a friend of mine sold me his sound module because he'd replaced it with another one. And I loved that thing. And um, I had it up until I think 2011 or 10 when I sold it on to someone else so it could get another good home and it's, it's been passed down, you know. Um, so it probably started then. You have quite an extensive home studio, don't you? My studio at home was more extensive than it is now. Uh, now it consists of a MacBook Air and lots and lots of software instruments, <laughs> which is um, a far cry from what it used to be. I used to have, you know, six or so synthesizers all MIDI together and connected to a mixer and I had to know which one was which and which sound was on what device. Now it's all just in logic, you know, it's changed. It's really changed. Which do you prefer, studio work or live gigs? Hmm, interesting. I think it depends on how I'm feeling any given day because a gig can be fun, but it can also be quite taxing and nerve-wracking. Although I, I'm not really bothered about being on stage anymore. I've gigged enough to, to not be bothered about that. But I do like my own space and my own solitude uh, to compose where and when as I wish, you know? So sometimes being at home is great, but sometimes being on the road is great. It just depends. What inspires you? What inspires me is knowing that if I want to, I can sit down and make any given thing if my mind but lets me do so. Or the dropping of a piece of, of cutlery in the kitchen rhythmically or the closing of a door in a certain way, or a sound I hear on the street. Um, it could be something as simple as a helicopter circling overhead, which gives me the sense of, you know, making some kind of ambient, um, lonely music. Or it could be a procession of cars passing by quickly, which invokes maybe fast movement and maybe upbeat classical. So literally anything can inspire any time of the day or night. Andre, do you have perfect pitch? I do. I have perfect pitch. I don't really care about it a lot. Um, and I probably use it more than I think I do. It's just one of those things that's there, like breathing. But yeah, it, it doesn't, I don't really mind it or not mind it. I've known quite a few people who have perfect pitch, one of whom was my best friend. You could bang two rocks together and he could tell you the pitch letter name. But I can see where it would be both a blessing and a curse, because for someone with perfect pitch, the entire world is music. The whole world is an oyster, as they say, right? <laughs> there you go. The entire world is your musical oyster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know that you're also very family-oriented. I seem to recall seeing one of your YouTube videos with your little one by your side. Is your own family very musical? Have your children shown any interest in music? Well, my son, who just turned nine uh, last week, actually, um, he lifts the lid of the piano occasionally. We have an, an acoustic here, an upright piano, which is nice because it's a real physical instrument. Um, and I think as a child, though, you see something around you all the time and you take it for granted. So because it's always there, there's no interest in it per se. So I have to sometimes gently nudge him in that direction, but I'm not going to force any of my kids down the musical route if that's not what they want to do. Um, if they want to lift the lid someday and play chords, I've, I've shown him some chords and he's a very quick learner. I showed him how to play Happy Birthday and it only took him half an hour, just the melody to it. But I was very impressed with his speed and agility. So maybe he gets it from somewhere. Who knows? <laughs> That's wonderful. 
In addition to being a musician in the traditional sense, you are also a sounds provider, and I know that you've provided sounds or short tracks for on-hold music, for digital video games, for any number of different companies. Can you tell me a bit about that work? Oh yes, my sound stuff is sort of an aside or a parallel work to my music because I think sound design and music、uh, musicianship can go hand in hand if that's the way you're so inclined, and I feel like I am. Um, so a, a quick backstory, if you will. I, I woke up one day in in a in a mood. Yeah, I think we all get those. And it was two thousand and four, and I remember this. And I was very tired of the Windows noises that came with XP. So I sat down and said, "Screw this! I'm making my own." So that day, it taught me that I had the capacity to make noises for things.、Um, so most recently, two of my most recent sound design、uh, jobs were Twitterific on the Mac,、uh, the client. And also T W Blue, which I chose to do myself. They didn't ask me to, but they liked the sounds enough that they will be coming and shipping with the final stable version of T W Blue in the near future.、Um, my main、uh, thing that people know me for sound-wise is Blind Square. All the sounds in Blind Square were made by yours truly, and I love that app, and I love being able to make sounds for it to this day. Started in 2012, still going in 2018. You know there are a couple of reasons why I am such a fan of your work, but one of them is that you are truly creative. You are a true artist. In my unasked for opinion, there is a big difference between someone who is highly skilled and someone who is truly creative. We've all seen those four-year-old concert pianists, but there's a difference between being able to. Play something by rote, or being mechanically adept, and being truly creative. And another aspect of your creative genius that I especially appreciate is your generosity. You have given away an incredible volume of work. You created a repository of short tracks that you make available to anyone. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Well, okay. So this whole library came about because、um, I was self-assigned again. I wanted to make an ID for a, a show that I'd heard. Um, just the music portion. I don't do voiceovers because I think I'm really crap at it, actually.、Um, but I decided one day I would sit down and make an ID, and I liked it. And、uh, they seemed to like it. It was quirky and fun. And I thought, well, if I've done it once, I can do it again.、Um, and I, I found myself in a position actually that made me happy. And that that was that short tracks, although they take a long time, you know, anywhere from an hour to eight hours, depending on、uh, how complicated the thing is. Was a lot more fun than making a fully fledged three or four or five minute long thing,、uh, because I have a very short attention span. Okay, don't tell anyone. But I, I found myself really intrigued, actually, that there wasn't enough of this stuff out there. So I sat down and、um, decided that I would try and rectify this in the best way I knew how. And being a musician, I thought I knew how fairly well. So I, I've been doing this,、uh, making this library of shorts. I think since 2014 now. Um, so four years on, there's 161 of these short tracks.、Um, a lot of them have what I call variations, and variations mean that, for example, if you don't like the drums of one, you can take the drums of another and splice it together with one that doesn't have the drums on, and that sort of thing. So it gives you a—it's like a jigsaw puzzle of your own design.、Um, a lot of stations are using them inside and outside the、uh, blind community. Um, I was actually able to get a couple of them used by a bank over here in the UK once, which was really quite fun. And、uh, they've made their way round the web, I think, slowly but surely. Well, they certainly do. 
In fact, I've used your work many times. The show open here for Legendary Insights is one of your short tracks called It Takes Two. And of course, I've used your music as the introductory music for the Fashionability Channel. You're listening to the Fashionability Channel podcast, your guide to accessible style. Finally, style within reach of everyone. We do shows in a number of different categories. What do you get when you cross chemistry, memory, sensuality, individuality, and fashionability? A beautiful alchemy. The Fragrance Files. And we use a different musical short so that each has its own special theme. Oh, you do, don't you? I had to give you a big hug. You know that? You're great. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. We love your music and people may not know your name, as I said at the top of the show, but they most certainly know of your music because they've heard it all over the internet. And RS Games. I will be sure to tweet the link to the shorts repository so people can check it out for themselves. Yeah, I have this nice page actually, just very quickly, that you can go and listen to it. And on the page is a zip file. And when you click the zip file, it takes it uh, downloads the whole lot for you. Um, but I had a friend of mine custom build uh, this sort of HTML5 player. So you can click any, any one of these and it just literally plays in your browser, no downloading required. And that's nice. So while we're on the subject of social media, can you share some of your contact details? Right. So on Twitter, you will find me at ONJ Music. That's Oscar November Juliet Music, if you want to get in touch. It's easier to remember than my main one. But if you, you know, if you want to follow me over there as well, then the link for that is in the Twitter bio. You will also find me on YouTube at The Onj Louis, and that's ONJ. And ONJ is kind of an onomatopoeia for Andre, by the way. If you shorten Andre to something that sounds kind of close to the word, that's how it came about. I mean, I don't want to be shortened to and or Andy. So uh, I called myself, well, actually, my mum used to call me as a child ONJ and it stuck. So that's why ONJ is all over everything or most things. And speaking of your YouTube channel, you've posted some really interesting features. Can you tell us a little bit about your YouTube channel? Funny thing, actually, because I'm doing something similar to this program today. Um, I have a feature on my channel called Artist Spotlight, where I've interviewed people about what they like um, and what they do. And that's been quite cool, actually. I must say it's been fun to be able to talk to people such as uh, Patrick Perdue and Justin Coughlin and uh, Jakob Rosin from Estonia. Um, I've got another feature coming up very soon, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but primarily, my YouTube channel is about a series called Inspired by Sound which goes back to the whole beginning of this conversation, whereby uh, in I talk about sounds that have interested me this week or this day or this month, and um, I highlight those in those videos. Um, some of them are just uh, libraries that I've bought recently or fit into a track or whatever the case may be. So if you like that sort of thing, then please give it a look. I love it. Encourage people to see or hear the world in a different way as our musical oyster. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Andre. Thanks so much to my guest, Andre Louis of Andre Louis Music. And before I sign off, I just wanted to let you all know that this was the second to last episode of Legendary Insights. I've resigned from the radio program 
and the one you'll hear in December is my final show. I hope that you stay with me through the holiday season, and I'll be working on planning my final episode. If you have any requests, please feel free to let me know. You can find me on Twitter at LL on Air, or you can write to me at legendaryinsights at acbradio.org. So I'll save all the really sappy stuff for my final show, but I did want to take just a moment now to thank all of you for your listenership and for your feedback throughout the scant two years I've been sharing Legendary Insights. Of course, I also want to thank the folks at ACB Radio for their patience throughout the time I've been posting programs. And I've really made an effort to share with you a mix of programs that were entertaining as well as informative, if not actually educational. I'm thinking about some of the programs I've done, for example, my recent financial literacy series, or the short series I did on communication skills. I've also had some great guests, such as Brian Hartchen, Regina Lark, Alexandra Connell, and my friends, George and Steve. And thanks to all the people who have helped me along the way. I received some audio editing training from my friend Drew Weber, And my radio show friends Debbie Hazelton and Larry Turnbull have always offered up a word of encouragement. Also, this may seem silly, but I wanted to wish all of you happy holidays. This program is airing the first week in October, but a lot of the holiday season is going to go by between now and the next time we talk. So for those of you who will be celebrating Halloween, be safe. And of course... Thanksgiving. I wish all of you a wonderful, happy, and healthy Thanksgiving filled with all of the abundance of heart and home. As I said before, the next episode of Legendary Insights will air the first Thursday in December. Until next time, which will be the last time, live your ingenious life. Thank you for listening to Legendary Insights. Let's connect. You can follow me on Twitter at LL on Air, or just do a search for Legendary Insights ACB. You can listen to Legendary Insights on the web at http colon slash slash acbradio.org slash mainstream, or you can listen from the ACB Link app, which you can get from the Apple App Store. Miss an episode? Don't worry. You can also download Legendary Insights as a podcast. Just do a search for Legendary Insights in the Apple iTunes Store. This is Laura Legendary for ACB Radio Mainstream.